You are listening to Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast with host Maria Nadipov, helping step parents transform family chaos into meaningful and harmonious co parenting. Hey, step parents, happy new year. I've been out unexpectedly for a while with a bad cold and some medical issues, all of which prevented me from being able to produce the valuable content that I aim to provide you with week to week. So I've taken the time to tend to my well-being and have some great episodes lined up for you with special guests sharing their insights and resources and addressing topics that don't get enough attention. Today's conversation is no exception, with returning special guest Carrie from Beating Disaster. She's back to discuss how to make and follow through on choices around safety. Find the show notes for this episode at synergisticsteparenting.com forward slash 64. We explore the question of how to make choices around safety both as it relates to an environment and in different types of relationships, the danger of assigning labels to people, what you want to make sure you do before leaving a relationship or a situation, and the importance of being where you're at. Take a load off and join us for this conversation where Carrie and I explore the ins and outs of what it means to have safety and how to do it. And now I'd like to take a moment to introduce Carrie. Carrie is a mother and dedicated defense and violence prevention expert. She is a lead instructor for Beating Disaster, a Detroit-based mom-owned specialty school offering Mama Bear prepared online courses. She also offers in-person and online coaching and training on prevention, protection, and defense specifically for mothers. Her journey began almost 25 years ago in martial arts, Unfortunate life experiences led to her passion for teaching karate, which evolved into the study of violence prevention, psychology, communication, and even bodyguard training to better prepare and empower women and children to avoid and escape the real dangers of the world. After working in the self-defense industry for over a decade, she discovered a glaring problem, poor information directed towards terror-stricken mothers. Her efforts transitioned into ensuring moms have access to what they really need to know to keep them and their kids safe, as well as confidently raise their children to be prepared to thrive in today's world. Though she still enjoys teaching Kenpo Karate, most of her time is spent furthering her learning, sharing information with private groups and at conferences, providing various forms of self-defense and related training or giving personal instruction and coaching for families with specific safety-related concerns. Without further ado, here we go. Hi, Carrie. We're so grateful to be speaking with you again, and welcome back to the show. And today, we are excited to discuss decisions around safety. How do we intuit and recognize and then give ourselves permission to follow through on what we recognize would be the best choice for us? having to do with safety. And that could be in relationships. It could be in an environment. Thank you so much for having me again, Maria. And I'm so happy to talk about this, especially like you were saying with the new year and that comes up at the new year, we talk about change. What are we going to do different? Like for me personally, I like to look at the things that worked out. What's going to be the same? What did I learn? What can I carry over? But you're right. When we talk about Safety, whether it applies to a romantic relationship or an employment relationship, 
people don't like to hear it, but I am responsible. I'm responsible for my decisions. I'm responsible for my behavior. I'm responsible for my choices. And I'm responsible for who I engage with. That's where I have control because I can't control the behavior of others. And whether it's a company or a person, some people, they care about the bottom line, whether it's how much money, whether it's meeting needs and whether I like it or not, power and control, that counts too. Do I want to play? Do I want to show up? Am I going to engage? That is a power that cannot be taken from me. 100%. Yes, we're so in alignment on that. I'm so glad you outlined it in that specific way. And you're right. It can be challenging to recognize that because all of our defenses come up and we love to point the finger (laughs) and like, it's not my fault. But until we step into that power, A, it's much more difficult to make changes and have the outcomes we want. And B, even though that feels like power, it's deceptive because we can think like, oh, I'm standing in my power because I'm not the bad guy here. But is that really the point or is the point that clearly something's not working? What is the fastest end to that? What is the fastest way to make a shift that will point you in the right direction? And it's true. Oftentimes it's within ourselves and also because that's where you hold all the cards. (laughs) Like we said, we can't control the things that are outside of us, but we certainly can control how we think about things how we then follow through on the truth of the matter. Is it something inside of us that needs to shift? Is it something inside of us where we've been allowing a certain kind of person to enter or a certain kind of person to take more from us than maybe what we're getting in return or taking things we're not comfortable with giving? And it's partly helpful to know where that came from, but ultimately that's not even really where the the crux of the matter is, I think, I think the crux of the matter is just recognizing that's the way it's been. And now that you see things for what they are, how do you get yourself to think about it differently? How do you get yourself to recognize it and keep that boundary with the example, you know, I had just shared, love to hear your thoughts. And I know you have stories as well. Well, I do not want to minimize the journey to get just there because it is a journey and there is value in every single step of a journey. And if I'm not there, that's okay. I'm not there yet. And it's okay to intellectually know where I want to go. And it's okay to not be there yet. Again, I I never, ever, ever want to take away value in any part of a journey. And there's plenty of people who they will minimize and rip that up. That's okay. But in order to take action on anything, you have to be where you're at to get to where you're going. A hundred percent. Yes. Meeting yourself where you're at and making sure that whatever you're doing is also meeting you where you're at as far as actions you're taking or support or maybe new habits you're looking to introduce. I totally agree with you. There's action that we can take to help us get to where we want to go. I do not personally advocate, um, well, I I need to be careful with that. Like rather than focusing on bad people, okay? Because there there are, there are bad people, all right? But where's my power in that? I don't Mm -hmm. have any. So I look at behavior. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not okay with that behavior. And then by taking, instead of this like giant, 
you know, battle. Now I'm looking at, okay, I have a specific, I don't like that behavior. I'm not okay with that behavior. I'm not comfortable with that behavior. I've made a decision. I'm not going to accept that behavior anymore. I'm done. I've had enough. I'd like to move on. I don't want this anymore. However, just because I make that decision doesn't mean somebody's going to play with me. Right. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're going to, it doesn't mean, you know, like if when I get there and when I'm going through this, for me to in, expect an applause is not appropriate. When I change, if I'm engaging in a relationship and I change, a simple A plus B equals C. If you change a variable, A or B, it doesn't matter. C is going to change. I may or may not like what that change is. But if I don't look at that one behavior and if I don't make decisions on that one behavior and if I don't say, no, thank you, I'm not comfortable with that. If I don't do that, I don't know what's going to happen. Because what's really crazy is we expect a certain outcome. And then in learning about communication and how to say no thank you in a way that's not threatening or escalating, I can simply say, I'm not comfortable with that. It doesn't feel good when you do that. I don't enjoy when we do that. Sometimes we can actually be surprised because I've created this villain and then they go, oh, well, we don't have to do that. And I'm just <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? I need to be careful with the roles that I assign people, because if I assign somebody the bad guy and the villain, well, then they're stuck, the bad guy and the villain, and they don't even have a say in their own story. You know, what's awesome, too, about you underscoring that distinction is that it also affects the way we look at them, because if we've, like you said, assigned that label, good guy or bad guy, either way. Both are just as dangerous because it then discounts all the other qualities because good people make mistakes like everybody else. They Nobody is 100% of any one thing. So I love that you are being more concrete with these distinctions and what is it specifically. And for each person, it's going to be different. How do you define what a good person is? (laughs) Maybe your list is slightly different than mine, for example. And I'm sure it's the same with safety and comfortability. We already covered that even last time when we spoke. It is very specific as to what somebody is and is not comfortable with. And is it just that it's unfamiliar or is it absolutely not okay? Those are very nuanced specifications that are distinct and unique to each person. And it is important to get clarity on where do you stand with that? What are those things for you? What are your list of absolute no's? And what are your list of, I'm not comfortable, so I'm going to communicate that. And then maybe it's a tree. If this happens, then it's okay. And we work through it, but I keep vigilant or I keep expressing my views on it and sort of checking in with myself. And then if B happens, then it's an absolute no-go. That's it. Shut it down. No, thank you. Have a great life. You're absolutely right. And Recently, I was having this conversation about the lens, and that's where I think it's really dangerous when we assign an overall label is your mind is going to then look for examples of that thing. So if you're like, this is the good guy, your mind is constantly going to give you proof. Yep, they're the good guy. They're the good guy. They're the good guy. You might be overlooking some things that are not so good, but now you're not even giving yourself an opportunity to truly objectively assess and check in and be present with what is necessarily because your mind is so oriented to looking at this person as the good guy. And the same is true with the villain label. Your mind now is oriented towards like, yep, they're bad. They're bad. They're bad. This is why they're evil. This is why they're evil. And you're not objectively able to see the humanity and 
the good that this person is doing as well. So also, agree with you. also people are capable of changing. Absolutely. We least expect it. And it's even if I don't want them to, because I've made a decision and you are not dancing to the tune. This is my story. And I, this is your song and you're not singing. That's why they talk about do not end a relationship prematurely. Because if I end a relationship prematurely, I just end up picking the same relationship, but with <laughs> a different person. So it's, yes. it's really important. Another thing is it is a lot easier to be willing to practice new skills in a relationship that I've already decided I'm done with. I've already decided this is crap. So I might as well maximize what I'm learning here. So today's the day. Let's try some new skills because I don't care. Right. It's like there's nothing to lose. But then, like I said, when I give that person the opportunity, you Mm -hmm. don't know what's going to happen. That helps me decide. Mm-hmm. on when to leave a relationship because if I keep bringing stuff to the table and this person keeps changing you know <laughs> right. what I mean? yeah suddenly <laughs> you get like all your needs met maybe and all the reasons that were the reasons that you were like I'm ready to walk out now are no longer there which can oh. be disappointing I'm sorry but that's like, <laughs> I'm serious. sometimes we need to grieve the disappointment too because as time goes on if I'm working on myself and I'm getting healthier I'm going to be around healthier and healthier people. And sometimes people grow with me and sometimes they don't. It's just what it is. And again, this is an employer. uh, This is any relationship. However, I do want to say in one of the modules in the Mama Bear online course, we apply this to raising nonviolent children. And that is different. Mm -hmm. It's different because you can't walk out on that relationship when you've had enough. Absolutely. These principles in safe living are the same. They're the same for your employer. When do you leave the job? Well, when I said, I'm sorry, I just can't do this for you. I just can't. Because sometimes, like we talked about, some people need to bring their services into the homes of others. Mm -hmm. Now, that is my safety. Is it safe for me to go into that home? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Things can be the same. Things can be different. When it comes to safe living, there just aren't black and white answers. There just aren't. Now, you can say black and white non-negotiables, which I absolutely encourage. However, again, the same person in the same situation can be safe one time and not safe the other. And how do you know the difference? That's through reflection, through intuition, through, but I have to trust myself. Yes. And when I set a boundary, that's how to gather data. That's how to feel good about leaving. Because if I do this repeatedly in different situations, and each time I'm working on communicating in a way that's not escalating or demeaning, um, because when I'm scared, there's still skills. Yeah. If I'm scared to tell somebody no, especially if I've decided that they're not safe and they aren't a safe person for me. And I tell them, no, every time I tell them, no, I'm afraid. So the way in which I communicate may not be the most respectful or kind or inviting of change, you know, to another point towards that detail is that if you're not confident with how you communicate now, it also muddles your message too. If you're wavering and you're unsure, and the reason you're unsure is you're scared, which makes perfect sense, but they're not reading it as scared. They're like, oh, you're not sure if it's a no. It just muddies the whole. <laughs> but think of our kids. Think mm-hmm. of our children. If it's, a, if it's a child, my job for my child to feel safe 
and secure. And I am responsible to demonstrate that I am secure in what I say. Yes. It's the same for other relationships. And it's kind of hard without a visual, but very, very, very often what we do as women is we have stop and go messages at the same time. And we confuse people because I want to learn how to say no, but I just don't have that skill yet. Or maybe I'm just not quite ready. I want to be ready, but I might not be ready yet. And so what comes out is a mixture of stop and go. And then they're left to, you know, figure it out. So while I might be really excited about my progress, even though I'm changing, which is to be celebrated when I try anything new that is to be celebrated, no matter how bad I botch it. If I'm doing something (laughs) new and different, that's a big deal. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Mm -hmm. But for me to expect that, I got a gold star and an A plus and an applause on my first attempt right. at a new skill. It's not realistic. So it might not be effective, which is why repetition is necessary. And clarity in how you feel too. Even the reflection of that. Hey, I did this, which was great. I said no. Normally I don't even say no. I just go along. However, how effective was it being able to play it back and be able to see it from another person's perspective? What did that feel like from the outside? I know what it felt like for me, but what did it feel like just looking at it as a movie, as a bystander? What would be the message that I was communicating? Which is where having some of that perspective would be really useful. I really appreciate the opportunity in what I do. Because there's times where I just don't think it's that special or profound. It's pretty normal and no big deal to me. However, I get to ask the right questions. We get to take people on a journey to one, be just right where you're at. And that's, it's really hard because when I don't like where I'm at, I want to be somewhere else. Again, already said that you can't get to where you're going if you're not where you're at. So Mm Just to help people, whether it's in the relationship with their kids or their romantic relationship, and to get an honest look at exactly where you're at. What are you okay with? What are you not okay with? It's really important to just be there. It's so uncomfortable and it's so scary, but you can't move forward if you can't be where you're at. Yeah. And you have to really accept it. And for some people, that's where their journey begins. It's how do I get truthful with myself about where I'm at? It's really scary to look at the truth. Sometimes it feels like a judgment, whatever, it might be not aligned with all the things you want or know maybe you deserve, maybe you're even capable of, whatever those misalignments are. But just like you said, you can't start the journey until you have an exact location. I love the GPS analogy. If you think about it in GPS terms, if you're saying that you're at a point that you're not at, it doesn't matter how great and how many routes and like all the traffic, everything that it tells you, it's not going to be helpful because you're not at the destination that you are programming to be your starting point. So how do you get there? (laughs) And that's just a brief way to look at it that I really love. With that though, I'm really careful about where's the destination that you're looking at because if I'm like oh it's leaving him okay well is that really where you want to go or are you looking for security are you looking for safety because I have to be careful on the destination because where I'm going might not be where I want to go did I really plug in and that's a lot of reflection too yes I totally agree with you exactly to your point of how people change the fantastic part about all of this is it doesn't matter what the other person does or does not do. I am on my journey and no one can take it from me. Yes. 
Yes, a hundred percent. And wherever you go, and this is why it's not effective to just leave, wherever you go, you take yourself with you, which is how those same situations come about again. It might look different. It might be a different kind of relationship even, but the dynamic will still be present because until you get clear and work through whatever it is on your end that you need to work through, whether it's getting more clarity, whether it's changing the way that you have been allowing things to happen or not allowing things to happen, then that's always going to be present until you kind of grow through that. And this stuff translates more than just romance. It goes into the workplace. If I don't advocate for myself in the workplace, and then it translates into really looking at my life and going, wow, I pick chaotic work environments where I'm not valued Mm. or treated well. Yes. Right. I do that. Same thing with my friendships. Wow. I pick friends that aren't capable of showing up for me. Look at the themes. Yes. And mm-hmm. I'm the common denominator. And the deal yeah. is, is if I want to change the themes in my life, I have absolute control over changing one variable. Yes. And as I have done that, the external effect is a, it's a ripple effect. It yes. all changes. And yes. again, nobody can take this from me. Yes. That's so powerful. That's literally, that's it. Exactly. Yes. It's it's in the relationship, but it's also in the bigger choices as well. But it, but even in the smaller choices too, of like, how do I respond, for example, to conflict? Am I going to avoid it? Because <laughs> that's going to have its own consequences. That's going to create probably a lot of tension and maybe even resentment on my part and all kinds of junk in the relationship that I don't want. So when we get very clear and when we identify those things and we really embrace them and look at them, we get so emotional and it makes sense because we're emotional beings, but really it's just data. It's just information. And it's helpful to have that information because that's the proof in the pudding. And there's and something then when to it is, that. If, and when it is time to leave, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not, I mean, yes. don't get me wrong. Like I'm still, there's still life and fear. Sure, and, sure. I mean, like it's different when you know. Yes, exactly. It's and when you've you exhausted all the options, right? When you've really genuinely tried everything, looked at everything, shown up in every possible way. And it's like, we've really gave it our best shot. And thank you for the time together and the lessons and the opportunity. And I wish you well, and I'm going to go on my path. And then with all of the experimentation we've been trying with speaking yes. up, we get yeah. to bring new skills somewhere else. Yes. That's so beautiful. I love this. And I think this is a beautiful place to end. Thank you so much. And we always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for your beautiful work and happy holidays and a beautiful and prosperous and expansive new year. Yeah. When we get to bring in new stuff, we get to try new tricks. It is, it's new. Yes. The same stuff can be new. Absolutely. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much for coming along with us for this conversation as we delved into the various components around identifying and ensuring we feel safe in our environment and relationships. With the demands that others put on us, it's critical to learn how to identify and tend to our values and ensure we respond in alignment with our truth around this important topic. To recap... We discussed safety in the environment and in different relationships, the danger of assigning labels to people, make sure you do this before leaving a relationship or a situation, the importance of being where you're at. 
I am grateful to Carrie for underscoring the nuances that contribute to these delicate dynamics and the need to be clear in evaluating our part in it. And of course, I have some action items. If you find yourself frustrated, unsatisfied, or feeling unsafe in a relationship or environment, carve out some time to evaluate. What is the root of the issue? Identify what exact outcome do you want to have? Get crystal clear on what your part in the equation is. As Carrie and I discussed, be as specific as possible when answering each of these questions. Decide, do you need to sit down to refine and get clarity on this concept a few times before feeling clear and ready to put it into action? Or are you ready to move forward right away? Then sit down to set aside time on your calendar to put this plan into action by setting a date and time to discuss it with a person you're having the issue with. Be sure to involve the person you'll be speaking with in choosing the time for the conversation. Remember, if you're new to doing this work, it won't be easy the first time around, but it will be so worth it. And the more you build these muscles, the easier it will become and the better your life is going to get. Check out the links to Carrie's resources. You can find those links in the show notes under links to Carrie. Choose one thing that you can commit to focusing on, reviewing, and making progress with to bring more alignment, safety, and peace of mind in your life. Subscribe to my email list. Not only will you be notified as soon as new episodes drop so you don't miss a thing, You'll also get a guide to resolve five most common step parenting challenges in five days, which has actionable tips related to what we've been discussing in this episode. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks for tuning into Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss a thing. If you like what you hear and you find the information helpful, please rate us five stars and leave a review letting us know what you like about the show on Apple Podcast. Don't know how? Don't worry. We'll include instructions in the show notes. And if you know of other step parents who can benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. John Swain did our theme music. Thanks, John. <laughs>